Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Arg My Optics, a podcast where two adult men discuss, overanalyze and generally take a kid's toy line and media franchise a little too seriously. That franchise most often being the Transformers. I'm your host, Orion Gear, and joining me via the miracle of the internet is my similarly ridiculously named co-host, Virtual Dave. How's it going, Virtual Dave? Hello, everyone. It's going good. Good to hear. So, in a first for this podcast, I've come up with a, a witty title for it previous to recording. So this episode is called Planes, Trains and Alt Modes. <laughs> and it's all about just that. For the uninitiated, an alternative mode or alt mode is the non-robotic mode of any given Transformer toy or character. For example, Optimus Prime's alt mode is a truck, Bumblebee's is a little yellow car, and Soundwaves is an outdated means of listening to and recorded audio known as a microcassette recorder. Mm-hmm. I imagine you don't remember those ever existing, do you, Dave? Oh, I remember. I remember putting the pencil in the winder back up. Yeah. Oh. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so let's start easy, shall we, Dave? What are your thoughts on alt modes? Why do Transformers have them? And why do, why do they choose the ones they choose? I think it depends on the the type of media of Transformers you're watching or getting into, because it kind of varies depending on the show and the series. Sometimes transformation is purely just for disguise, and other times it's for just getting around and sometimes, like um, Beast Wars, it's like a protection for them. So it, de- it depends on which series, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they definitely change. They do change the, the reasons from time to time, and the reasons do become blurred depending on where you are. And there's also, like, within the fiction, lots of uh, different versions of uh, why Transformers transform. Mm-hmm. For me, alt modes should really be a disguise, which is why I have a problem with, well, not a problem with, why I don't like some some of the late, some some multi modes that just definitely aren't a disguise. Uh, especially when the toy line started. I mean, obviously, uh, G1 was based on some Japanese toy lines um, created before 1984 that were then kind of like repackaged and sold in America by Hasbro. And those two lines were Diaclone and Microchange, Mm-hmm. And Diaclone was all realistic cars, realistic uh, trucks and so on um, that were meant to be kind of piloted by little guys. And then you had Microchange, which were actually meant to be one-one scale figures. So mm-hmm. uh, they were turned into household items like um, a cassette recorder or a microscope or a gun. <laughs> Everyday uh, household item, yeah. (laughs) An everyday household object. Um, And yeah, they were meant to be little tiny robots. They were meant to actually be that size. There was no mass shifting going on. Hmm. Um, But I think that it's also very much uh, part of the names of the factions. You know, the Autobots generally turn into cars. Mm -hmm. The Decepticons generally turn into things that are deceptive or... uh, more kind of a sneaky, mm-hmm. um, for example, things like cassette recorders and guns and so on. You know, it could hide in plain sight. Mm. So I always quite like that about um, alt modes. It's a, it does kind of, um, as the iterations of Transformers go on, their their vehicle modes do tend to not be well. They're like a they are Earth vehicle modes, but they're kind of jazzed up in a way where 
if that was going down the street, you would pay more attention to it than a normal Volkswagen Beetle type of thing. Like, when you get to, like, Cybertron and uh, Energon and stuff like that, they're cars, yes, but that's not an ordinary car that would <laughs> you would definitely look twice at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, those those lines of... By the time you get to that point, they kind of dispense with the disguise yeah. thing are quite, well, quite a bit anyway, um, depending on where, you know, which which particular Transformer it is. But you still have quite a lot of disguise alt modes. Um, but then you just have some crazy, zany nut stuff that, um, <laughs> you know, doesn't really matter. Why do Transformers have alt modes in the first place? Why do they transform? Uh, I thought it was, well, initially. Actually, in G1, isn't there two type of reasons, isn't there? Because the Quintessons took them over and selfishly wanted them to drive them around in whatever battles or Coliseum arenas they had them in. They had some that were transforming and transport. Apologies. We have faded out Dave until he starts making sense. It seems we are taking a deep dive into the muddy waters of his headcanon. On interrogation, he revealed he got a lot of this from an aligned continuity book he read. So it ain't G1 at all. In the G1 continuity, the Quintessons are said to have created both the Autobots and Decepticons, but not the ability to transform. And also wasn't it to do with espionage as well when the war started? As Someone got the transformation technology first before the other one, I can't remember who. Yeah, in the cartoon, transformation was invented by the Autobots during the war mm-hmm. in order to disguise themselves and sneak attack the Decepticons because the Decepticons are stronger. Mm. But interestingly, in the comic book, Transformation was originally invented by the Decepticons. Mm. They modified themselves to turn into war machines uh, so that they could attack Autobots. And then the Autobots followed suit to respond to them. They adopted alt modes as mm-hmm. well. Although that got kind of retconned a bit later on when they decided that Primus had instilled within all of his children the ability to transform, which he copied off Unicron. Right. Because in the comic book, Primus and Unicron have a big old fight. They crash through into reality. They both got kind of stuck in a comet each. And then over like several thousand million, I don't know, a long time, Mm -hmm. uh, Unicron found a way to transform this metal asteroid into a body for himself. And in response, Primus created his children on Cybertron, mm-hmm. which Primus Primus is Cybertron, mm-hmm. and instilled in them the ability to transform. Is this the original 13 Primes? or No. Were they not called that at the time? <laughs> no, because, Dave, those don't exist. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> they, they were made up later. <laughs> made up later. <laughs> Well, they were. They were. I think the 13 Primes idea came about during the Align continuity. Correction. The concept of the original 13 actually predates the Align continuity and can be traced back as far as 1999. However, it was around 2010 when the Align continuity began fully fleshing out and formalising the concept of the 13. Okay, so what they just all of the Transformers is what he made is not anyone's particularly special at the beginning. No, just created Transformers, okay. just created life on his planet. Okay. So yeah, the, I think that for me, 
I suppose on Cybertron, the reason they had alt modes was for transportation or for various applications like, you know, uh, mining or uh, mm-hmm. building or whatever. They could transform into a second mode that may, gave them advantages over their robot mode. Mm-hmm. But then obviously when they went to Earth, they had to disguise themselves as the uh, as the dominant life form. And I think it was either the cartoon or the comic. I think it's a comic where the Sky Spy or whatever mistakes vehicles for the dominant life form and that's why they trans and that's why they transform into vehicles oh and obviously it's from a planet where everything's a machine so it sees all these machines and it goes well that's got to be the dominant life form fine right okay that that explains it it doesn't really register the human beings so i think that's in the comic in the comics did they did the sky spy rebuild everyone simultaneously or is it like the show when they re- they built the Decepticons first for some reason. Well, well, no. I mean, it, it builds them all simultaneously. I think it wasn't that they built the Decepticons first. They just built one one Decepticon became conscious and dragged all right. the other Decepticons in underneath oh, the, the yes. scanning device. That's so right, all the Decepticons yeah. were made first. But yeah, I don't think it happened exactly the same in the comic. But it's fa- fairly similar okay. in that sense. But yeah, if, if in in that particular one. It chose disguises th- based on what it thought was the the local life forms rather than uh, just, uh, you know, uh, I think in a cartoon, it just kind of sends it out and uh, looks around and... Repair. Repair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All that business. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that there's, I mean, and there's some weird, there's some wacky, strange alt modes and there's some alt modes with some weird applications. Like it's, the whole mass shifting stuff is crazy. Just Megatron, really, isn't it? He's... Megatron and Astro Turing are the two, two biggest ones when it comes to that. <laughs> well, and uh, and Soundwave, and sh- and yeah, Shockwave, well... and um, who else? Perceptor. Although for some reason, for some well, reason, I mean... Shockwave and Perceptor turn into massive, massive handguns <laughs> and massive uh, microscopes in the TV show. I don't know why. <laughs> Shockwave has a gun that is himself. I don't understand why he needs to transform at all. <laughs> that's that's an animation error, basically. <laughs> it's an animation error that the masterpiece designers went, well, we'll put that in. And then <laughs> along comes a masterpiece Shockwave with a little Shockwave to carry around. But like he did just turn into like a massive handgun, like it was a cannon. Yeah, no, I'm, I think it's, it's more Megatron because he's more iconic. For yeah. He does the same thing. But then Astro Train is on a bigger scale of, like, everyone can fit in this guy who's the same height as everyone when he's in robot mode. They did it in Siege. He was ginormous. For no reason. He didn't seem... For no reason. But uh, <laughs> at least he was giant to, to justify they could go inside. Yeah, but that's the thing. Mass shifting <laughs> is just a thing. You just have to deal with it. But it, it is it is very odd. I mean, the mass shifting when it comes to, like, base, you know, city formers as well. Like That's true. Yeah. Because that, that will never make any sense, but... They try to. If there was no mass shifting, those city formers would be so big they wouldn't. Be, you wouldn't be able to fit them on the screen with the rest of the characters. To be fair, the Transformers' height—that's another thing I noticed while looking back at this and looking up different shots of the show—is like so. Like Megatron and Optimus are meant to be the tallest, and they're probably about the same height as um, I don't know, Big Ben, shorter. Honestly, uh, Dave, if you do, you do not want to start. <laughs> 
questioning scale in Transformers. <laughs> it will never make sense. Don't try and make it make sense. Honestly, no, no two shots are the same. And that goes for comics, cartoons, all of it. And all the shows, not just G1. Like, it's still very inconsistent with scale. It is. It is. So I think we were talking about the origin of Transformers alt modes. Mm-hmm. Mentioned the comic book and the cartoon origins. They're sort of similar, but like you do have the dis- disparity between Decepticons came up with it, Autobots came up with it, Primus came up with it, mm-hmm. Unicron invented it, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And it's not really something that's broached much. Well, I suppose it is broached in things like the Align Continuity, and you've got the whole stuff about functionism, which I didn't know that functionism started in the Align Continuity, not IDW. But IDW goes into it a lot deeper. Where, where do they cover that in the Align Continuity? Is it in Prime? Um, I think so. I'd, I couldn't tell you exactly where it... Because I obviously didn't right. watch any of it. Actually, it's in a couple of books, not the TV show, if that matters to anyone. And apparently in, a, in the Align Continuity... Transformers societies like they enforce a system of whereupon your birth or your creation mm-hmm. as a Cybertronian, you're taught to transform, and then based on whatever alt mode you transform into, or you're, you're assigned a job or a role in society and create a kind of class system. So, those people with uh, higher ranking roles based on their alt mm-hmm. mode all your kind of scientists, politicians, engineers up here, mm-hmm. and then below them, your manual workers, your miners, and your uh, uh, builders and whatever. Wait, wait, wait. Um, so wait, so is there... When they make this transformational transition into their first transformation, mm-hmm. are they basing it off of an actual truck or something in front of them? or So are there actual non-transforming trucks running around Cybertron or do they just come up with the alt mode themselves? They come up with the alt mode themselves, I believe. That's interesting. I don't think... It make it would make no sense for Transformers on Cybertron to scan alt modes. Mm. I guess? Unless they're scanning buildings or something. There wouldn't be... Why would they... Unless they're scanning each other. Well, that's what I mean. Like, is 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 that what it is? Is, just, is that why there's, like... Mold sharing and stuff like that. <laughs> well, it's possible, I guess, but I think the scanning thing was something that they do when they reach alien worlds and want to blend in. Okay. But to finish that off, basically, it created a two-tier society, and uh, I think in the Align continuity, Optimus Prime and Megatron are mates. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it was uh, pre-Optimus Prime. It was Orion Pax at the oh, time. I don't give a crap about that. <laughs> They're the same, it's the same guy. <laughs> They're mates... They both want to bring down functionism and allow people to determine their own fate, decide what they want to be rather than being told what they need to be. Mm-hmm. But during the process, at some point, Optimus or Orion Pax is voted the next prime and Megatron's not very happy about this. Mm-hmm. And it becomes a kind of problem between the mm-hmm. two of them and then they have a massive fight and the Decepticons are basically the working classes rising up against the ruling classes. And then in IDW... They go a lot more into it than that, like a lot deeper. And you have like people who remove their transformation cogs so that they can be just one mode. They're fighting against functionism. So they have their transformation cogs surgically removed so they remain in robot mode forever in order to 
not be made to be a, a certain type of uh, citizen society. And that also your importance is based upon your usefulness to society and also your scarcity. So say you're the only Transformer that turns into this one thing, you're considered more important than six Transformers mm-hmm. all change into the same thing. An example being okay. in IDW, there's a lot of Transformers that turn into memory sticks and they're considered useless because right. <laughs> there's so many of them. They're pointless. Right. Okay. So they're treated, they're treated as kind of um, a slave class. Rewind is one of them. Orion Gear hasn't read all of IDW yet, and his knowledge has holes. The slave class he's talking about are actually known as the disposable class. Cybertronians with a common alt mode are deemed to be disposable and forced to run on lower grade energon than the rest of society. However, they were treated as slaves, and there's a strong allegory to racism here. The reason Optimus Prime, for example, gets to rise to a more prominent position is that he has a very useful alt mode. A truck is more useful than, say, I don't know, a pickaxe. I mean, yes, I guess. (laughs) Well, a a pickaxe has a very specific use. (laughs) Whereas a truck can be used for a lot of different things. I suppose so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's functionism. But, I mean, that, that was created a lot later on. But I do like the idea of it, and it does create a kind of interesting class system, and it gives Megatron a good reason for his uprising. It does. I think in IDW, and in most, in a lot of different versions, he's a, a miner or a gladiator. Mm-hmm. He's de- his function is determined by his ultmo to do those things, and he wants to be the leader he wants to take over mm-hmm. so uh, he doesn't think that he should be pushed into this position so he stages a revolution which often for me now paints him more as a good guy <laughs> and optimus less so i think there was something you wanted to cover wasn't there about how do transformers see in their alt modes oh yes yes i do it's it's something that has always kind of been floating around in my head since um Unicorn trilogy because sometimes they would um have scenarios where like uh mud would get on their windscreens and they claim they couldn't see in alt mode or um <laughs> when they were talking to each other sometimes like their tail lights would flash to indicate they're speaking or mm. little things like that. It's just like so what exactly are the rules there? How does that work in I mean, I'm not sure there are any rules, but um, yeah, there is, there's been bits in various versions of Transformers where it's it, you're given the impression that they can see out of their mm-hmm. windshields or whatever they turn into. I suppose if they turn into something that already has eyes, like, mm-hmm. you know, a beast, then that's obvious. But like, yeah, if it's a, a spaceship or a, or a tank or whatever, where I just, I would assume that they just have external sensors that can <laughs> do all that stuff you know because i mean their eyes aren't eyes are they they're they're like cameras if you know what i mean yeah like, so there's no reason why they wouldn't have them on the outside of their alt mode well i mean in the sense of well see this is why i have kind of problems with it because that means that you would have those type of sensors in your robot mode as well so no one could really sneak up on you or do anything like that well it depends how many of these sensors you have doesn't it really <laughs> i mean if <laughs> I, I, I assume in robot mode, they mostly just see what's in front of their eyes. <laughs> yeah. And I'd assume maybe in in, a, in their alt mode, it would be roughly the same. 
it will be what's in front of them rather than what's behind them. I think we're in danger of rationalising a children's cartoon <laughs> a little bit too much here. That's what we're meant to do. This is... <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, true. But, I mean, I reckon the answer to this is no one really thought about okay. it that hard. I, I mean, I, I can take that. It's just... It never bothered me as much as it did you. <laughs> but, but I was just assuming it was like, yeah, they saw out the front of their vehicle or whatever. And same goes for any other alt mode. I mean, you, you'd kind of wonder how Megatron sees. Does he see out of his viewfinder? You would think so, wouldn't you? And then, yeah, I mean, that's the cannon in robot mode. So then is it still a camera? Is he? <laughs> well, this actually, this is something I wanted to go okay. on to, actually. I don't know if it is a cannon because this is something that's interesting or something that I find odd mm-hmm. is the idea of... Um, Having visible bits of a transform uh, your alt mode in robot mode, are those actually those bits of that vehicle or not? So like a... Well, I was going to say like Perceptor or something, where it's... Well, for example, mm-hmm. in the first episode of G1, we see Otto's Prime, we see Jazz, we see Wheeljack, we see Bumblebee, mm-hmm. all on Cybertron with Cybertronian alt modes. However, their robot modes definitely look like human vehicles. Well, I mean, is that down to just them not thinking that far ahead? Or <laughs> Well, of course it is. But, <laughs> but it raises an interesting point. Like, Jazz has clearly has the bonnet of a Porsche 911 on his mm-hmm. chest, and then he turns into something completely different. Mm-hmm. So are those robot modes determined by their alt mode or not you do see that happening later in other series is where their robot modes will change look different because of mm-hmm. that so i think in that sense they were just kind of yeah they just went well we've done the character designs <laughs> and we can't be bothered to change them now it's fine <laughs> but you know when you look at the seekers in that first episode they don't look like they turn into tetrajets no and yeah, yeah, you look at Bumblebee, he doesn't look like if he turns into a flying saucer kind of thing. <laughs> you know, he, he looks like he turns into a VW Beetle. It's pretty obvious from his feet and everything. Flying saucer with wheels, I might add, which was always strange. Sorry? Flying saucer with wheels. Well, it was a, it was a vehicle, really. It just looked like a flying saucer. It didn't fly. It didn't fly. <laughs> it did not fly. I mean, I like, um, I like that idea, because it's kind of like the transformations on almost like clothing kind of thing. Like it's... It's just something that they put on as a disguise. Kind of like a people in theatre and someone's in the horse. It's just they put on the costume, they've become the horse. Mm-hmm. But when they stand back up, they're two people again. It's not really what they look like. It's just like shell forming, if anything. Yeah, so they, 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 they the outer part of their body changes depending on what they want to be yeah. turning into. Which definitely you see a lot more of later on. I think it's only the early G1 when they really didn't know what they were doing that they... Um, <laughs> It's like, hang on, Otis Prime looks like a truck, but he's turning into this? Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Like, the original alt mode of Optimus Prime in the comics is like, it's just this weird kind of red blob with a gun on top. <laughs> Doesn't really look... I suppose I just went, well, what could this conceivably turn to on Cybertron, turn into on Cybertron? This, a big red block with a gun on top, fine. But yeah, I think it's definitely covered later on. I mean, you see it in um, uh, Beast Wars and Beast Machines and so mm. on. Uh, their bodies do physically change depending on what new alt mode they've taken on. 
But even with stuff like Beast Wars, they, apart from like whatever fan stuff they've done, I'm not sure if any like fan comics have um, covered it, but I'm sure they had alt modes on Cybertron beforehand, but in the show, as far as we could see in the first episode, even though it was all in darkness, they kind of were just like the protoform bodies with no alt mode, no visible alt mode at all. Yeah. Kind of things. Well, I suppose it, I suppose they didn't need them at the time. Oh, no. Yeah, they were in space. They were just travelling from A to B. Not really any any necessity for an alt mode. But, I mean, in the, in the case of, like... Because it's meant to be so far in the future that they get to a point where they didn't need to transform anymore. Hmm. Well, that's, that's another question, isn't it? Like, do they need to transform? I mean, why, why do Transformers always need to transform? Like, <laughs> I mean, we can go back to the fact that it's a toy line of transforming robots. So that's why they transform, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting that they all have to have second modes or more than three modes, four modes, mm-hmm. six modes, whatever, even when it wouldn't necessarily seem necessary. For, for example, the IGW comics... Mm-hmm. Uh, especially the later stuff, like Phase 2 stuff, especially um, things like More Than Meets the Eye and Lost Light. Mm-hmm. Those guys almost never transform because there's no, there's no call for it. They're just constantly in robot mode. Um, I guess it depends on what the transformation would do because it's not... I mean, in terms of Decepticons, most of their transformations are you know made for war and they normally mm-hmm. use that in order to get the upper hand on the Autobots because they fly around and attack from, like, an aerial strike. Yeah. But when it comes to the Autobots, I mean, do we drive across the world or do we hop in the spaceship? I mean, well, spaceship's going to get me there quicker. <laughs> well, yeah, but they don't have any spaceships. Not at not first, anyway. No, 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 but I mean, like, if you wanted to compare that to a reason for you to transform, if driving somewhere yeah. was going to take you three hours longer than... <laughs> Everyone jumping in jet fire. Well, Dave, um, I assume they just thought Earth was a smaller Cybertron, and you can drive around Cybertron in fifteen <laughs> seconds. Oh, maybe. I mean, I mean, Cybertron is ridiculously small. They did, they did, um, uh, kind of at least made more sense of that in R.I.D. because of that whole interplanet space bridge, and they could just drive mm. everywhere. Oh yeah, and just pop out of a portal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I suppose in G1, they didn't transform into vehicles for transportation. They transformed into vehicles for disguise at first. So, and it was what Sky Spy selected. They were kind mm. of screwed. They were screwed over by their own computer. They were. <laughs> <laughs> they gave the Decepticons all the best alt modes, uh, all the flying ones. And then they went, oh, you guys can just be cars. <laughs> what do you think that was? Do you think it was uh, a decision based on the toys or... In terms of the whole Autobots don't fly, because... Oh, I see. It's an interesting question, actually. There must have been a decision to differentiate the two factions. I suppose so. They called the good guys Autobots, mm. so they obviously decided that they were going to transform into automobiles. And the Decepticons, the baddies, they could transform into more nefarious... Uh, things like things that are kind of sneaky or dangerous like military vehicles or little tape decks that can hide and record stuff spying things or a handgun a powerful weapon that kind of stuff but i mean more in terms of like you know the weird rules of 
If you have a jet alt mode, that means you can automatically fly in your robot mode. But if you have yeah. a, you turn into a cassette player, that means you can also fly. But I... yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was really. Again, I think it's one of those things that they never didn't think through, <laughs> and it just kind of like entered into um, into law just because they went. Well, we'll just have the Decepticons fly. <laughs> Why? I don't know. We just will. And then the Autobots won't because reasons. With reasons. Because they, yeah. they, they do talk about it later on and like, I'm sure that's the reason why Orion Pax is such a big fan of Megatron in that Wardorn episode. He's like admiring him because he can fly. And Is he? You're like, oh, if the Decepticons can fly. That's great. I mean, I wish I could do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that, actually, yeah. Virtual Dave is correct. In a Season 2 episode of the G1 cartoon, entitled Wardorn, the newly introduced aerial bots travel back into Cybertron's past and meet Orion Pax, the robot who, in this continuity, would later become Optimus Prime. Pax and his mates are impressed by some new kind of robot that can fly. The aerial bots recognise them as the Decepticons, namely Megatron, Shockwave and Soundwave. Yeah, I think maybe Decepticons had forged themselves better bodies or something because they were preparing for a war, maybe. Maybe. What I wanted to get onto, we were kind of talking about it, like, so alt modes have reasons for existing um, uses, but what about bad or not particularly useful alt modes? Because I think the reason we're having this discussion now <laughs> is that I dare to say the Dinobots have crap alt modes. <laughs> I I don't I don't understand why you have that viewpoint, but well, they they <laughs> the you do understand. Look, they're useless. <laughs> I think um, yeah, okay. So if we're saying G one in particular, yes, of the Dinobots interpretation, I still do, I still don't get why you see that because they. They were a force to be reckoned with in their alt modes. It wasn't such their robot modes were a threat to anybody. It was the the fact that the dynamos were so imposing to the Decepticons and but why? seemed to be better shielded against their attacks and everything. But why? I, I don't I don't know. That's what <laughs> I mean. That's what I don't like I don't see like you're a robot and mm-hmm. for some reason the Dinobots can fly. All of them. Also, yes, yeah. Because they had wings? One of uh, one of them had wings. Uh, I, the kibble on their back kind of resemble wings. Yeah, them, yeah but they're not wings, though, are they? Don't flap them, <laughs> do they? Okay, maybe maybe they can glide. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, especially in the in the in the cartoon, they're massive robots. They're mu- they're bigger mm-hmm. than most of the rest of the Autobots at, at, at that point. Anyway, I mean, mm-hmm. I suppose the other only other Autobot around that's of a similar size would be. Jetfire. So they're massive. They're already mm-hmm. giant robots. They're armed to the teeth. Each one of them's got like a massive gun and a big sword. Flame sword, yeah. Well, sometimes, <laughs> it's, sometimes it's flaming, sometimes it's not. <laughs> they seem much more powerful in robot mode than the, than the Autobots. So I don't see why the beast modes, the uh, Dinobot modes, or dinosaur modes, sorry, are that threatening. Um... I mean, don't get me wrong. I think they're really cool. <laughs> I think they look great. They make great toys. I'm just talking about within the fiction, they're not terribly practical. Right. They're very slow-moving 
with the exception of Swoop, slow-moving, impractical alt modes that don't really serve an awful lot of a purpose. I would much rather turn into a sports car than a Diplodocus. I mean, off the top of my head, I I don't remember them ever really fighting in their robot modes. If they do, not for very long, then they they kick it up a gear and they transform. Yeah, and, and that's fine, but I, I don't know whether that makes it a good reason to have that 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 um, mode. Toys, I mean... <laughs> well, no, that's what I said. I said, don't get me wrong. I think they're really cool toys. They make sense. That's what I'm saying. It made sense in the context of the toys, but not so much in the context of the um, show. I, oh, okay, so if we skip forward then to the Align continuity, where they really refocus on that old story of Shockwave like having some sort of battle with Shockwave and sometimes he created them having this alt mode. They, as far as I understand the line continuity, they were a team of Autobot, like SWAT team or something. They were a special ops team that were kidnapped by Shockwave mm. and were given these alt modes, you know, but they forced it on them, made them into this, these feral robots that they, they can almost control they, these beast modes now. And they had to learn how to, transform break free of his control break free of his control and transform at will like they couldn't do it normally as you know okay so they were more vicious yeah that does give them a, a better reason for existing indeed um in in generation one the comic gave them a much better reason for existing the ark crash landed on earth and way before that eruption that activated the computer mm-hmm. again shockwave came looking for them from cybertron and he turns up and uh, Teletran 1 registered his uh, his arrival and used what small amount of power it had left to format five Autobots on the ship mm-hmm. into the Dinobots. At that point, it went out and scanned the dominant life form, which were mm-hmm. dinosaurs. And then it sent them out to go and stop Shockwave. Now, that makes much more sense than... Ratchet and uh, Wheeljack finding some dinosaur bones and then going, let's make some dinosaur transformers for no reason and let's make their minds tiny so they're idiotic and dangerous. I mean, Prime gave the okay, so... (laughs) Yeah, another bad decision, Prime, another bad decision. Don't listen to those idiots. Um, Ratchet's normally quite rational, but we all know what Wheeljack's like. Especially back then. (laughs) (laughs) There are some robots that, within the context of the fiction, it doesn't make an awful lot of sense, the robot modes. I mean, it's incredibly impractical to turn into a mini cassette recorder. Um, I mean, how else are you going to house, like, ten different cassettes in your chest? <laughs> well, no, but that's, that was the genius of the original toy, having the little tape, tape minions. But that wasn't, that wasn't what it was designed for, if you know what I mean, like... It was it was designed as a little a little toy that had little kind of little robots inside it, which is great design. Mm-hmm. But then they had to work that into Transformers somehow. Um, I guess it made more sense in terms of them being the communications guy, wasn't that his designation? Yes, it does, totally works for his his alt mode. Yeah. fits his 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 place in the the ranks. Yeah, yeah. well, that's another thing, isn't it? Because often the alt mode of a character is tied to their personality. Or their um, or their vocation, mm-hmm. or their um, or their name. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so when they'll turn up somewhere, they're like, "Oh, isn't it interesting that uh, that, that that this character who's called this <laughs> has turned into uh, something that seems very fitting for this particular name?" Like, for example, 
bumblebee. Oh, he turns into a, a VW bug. Or like, oh, um, classic one, smokescreen. What can he do? He can make smoke screens and hide us in in middle of battle. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yes, and uh, yeah, Skywarp can teleport for some reason. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, in Beast Wars, when they uh, when they scan their alt modes, mm-hmm. everyone gets an alt mode that kind of fits their personality. Mm-hmm. Cheetor's got like a speedy alt mode, and he's a bit reckless and a bit of a speedster. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean. And the same goes, for, you know, Hot Rod, for example, is the same. And then you've got wiser robots having more kind of clever alt modes. Optimus Prime turns into a gorilla. Orion Gear is having another one of his senior moments. He knows full well it's Optimus Prime Mull, not Optimus Prime. And then, you know, you've got the the more kind of um, Machiavellian evil characters turning into spiders and the more powerful character turn into characters or the more warlike characters turning into dinosaurs or, you know, raptors and T-Rexes and so on. So it's almost like preordained that you're, that, that they'll select something fitting to their, to their uh, character. There isn't really many versions in Transformers where they have a name and it's different to what the name is when they get their alt mode. I mean, the only one that really springs to mind is Rodimus Prime getting a different name upon a new alt mode. Well, we're just talking about Beast Wars. Everybody in Beast Wars changes their name. But do they? Yeah. That's the. Yeah, they do. <laughs> well, isn't Optimus Primal in particular, his name hasn't changed because when Depth Charge arrives, he knows him as Optimus Prime. Well, yes, but that's later. But in the, fir- <laughs> in the first episode, especially with um, Cheetor, definitely. I think Rat Trap as well. They kind of go, oh, look, I turn into a Cheetor. I'll call myself <laughs> Cheetor. They actually say something like that. Wow. Hey, look at me. I'm a cheetah. No, no, I'm Cheetor. But that's what I mean. So did all the, did all the Predacons have the same type of conversation with each other? Like, um... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you look a wasp. We'll call you Waspinator. <laughs> Not that we know what a wasp is. <laughs> I turn into a cheetah. I call myself Cheetor. Who told you what a cheetah was? <laughs> what about Megatron? Megatron didn't bother to, to join in on the fun? He didn't... No, no. Well, he's too <laughs> clever for that. Also, he'd named himself after his favourite baddie. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. It's not his real It's not his real name, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the recent comic, they've given, they gave him another name, like Gal- Galvatar or something like that. Something along those lines. Fact check. It's Galavar, actually. Dave and Orion plan on reviewing the new IDW Beast Wars comic, if they ever get round to it. Spoilers, they're both like the first two issues. No, it's, it's just interesting that they... I mean, it's not interesting. It's obvious why this happens. It's because toys. <laughs> because toys. You know, you, you, you have a, a robot that turns into... Well, let me just have a look at my shelves here. Um... Yeah, you have a robot that turns into a tape deck. You call him Soundwave or Blaster. Mm-hmm. You have one that turns into um, a police car. You call him Prowl. Hot Rod. He turns into a speeding a speedster. Mm-hmm. It's the toys, really, but it's always interesting that they're so connected with their uh, alt mode. When, especially when you bring into the into the conversation the fact that they can change, especially later on, they can change their alt modes at will. Mm. So. Why would their name be so heavily connected with a particular alt mode if they can change it so often? 
Yeah, it's true. I mean, I, rem- I remember that as a kid when uh, Hotshot in Cybertron, well, doesn't really die, but gets severely wounded with a couple of other Autobots, and then he has to, they have to reformat them to the Cybertron Defense Force. Yeah, and doesn't he turn into an APC? He turns into a, a massive artillery vehicle. Yes. Yeah, yeah. An, a- an APC, all-terrain or, or armoured patrol vehicle or whatever, or a- armoured troop carrier, whatever. Something like that. Orion isn't great at letters. Obviously, APC stands for Armoured Personnel Carrier. However, Cybertron Defense Hotshots alt mode is actually an ASV, an armoured security vehicle. Same difference, right? Yes, no, sorry, I'm thinking of um, Scattershot because of tanks. But no, yeah, well, they all change into into these massive mm-hmm. things and it doesn't really fit his personality because he was the fast, revving, young Autobot. But yeah. now he's... <laughs> I mean, I never really liked the character, but yes. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> he's a dick. I mean, I even brought him today. <laughs> he's he's a dick, and he doesn't even look good. <laughs> I never Tr- crushing crushing all of my childhood. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, don't, I, just, I never really liked him. I think he looks like um, the bastard child of Hot Rod and Bumblebee. I thought he was. I thought that was some sort of in canon thing that he was the child of Hot Rod and RC. Well, Transformers <laughs> can't have children, so I don't well, know what you're talking I mean, about. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, he just felt like a kind of, we're just doing this again. We're basically melding the two characters together of Bumblebee and Hot Rod into one thing. Because we we can't have the, we didn't have the copyright on the two names, so we'll make a new guy and he'll take the spot. Dave is correct. It was originally intended for Hotshot to be called Bumblebee, but at the time of Armada, Hasbro had actually lost the trademark on Bumblebee to a child swing. They attempted to get it back a few times over the years, but ultimately gave up. Yeah, and he's also got a bit of a rubbish name. Hotshot. Yeah, I mean, what does that even mean? It's a classic 80s film, isn't it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> Hotshots. <laughs> I, th- I don't think they're named after Hotshots. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's like he doesn't... It sounds like something you'd, you'd have as a name if you turned into something that shot something. But he doesn't shoot anything. Just just his mouth, I suppose. He's very mm, angry teen. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, to be honest, I never watched Armada, uh, so I wouldn't know what he was like in that. I just thought he looked like he had a crash helmet on. <laughs> so we've got the, the general reasons for why, why, why things transform. I mean, we, we, we kind of touched on it, but, you know, there's the Energon protection thing, which is why... They transform into beasts on Beast Wars. They're, no, it's not disguises on in Beast Wars at all. It's just to protect themselves from the energon radiation, mm-hmm. so, which is an interesting concept. I quite like that because it meant that there's none, none of that kind of necessary, you know, kind of having to blend in thing. Because it was obvious they couldn't blend in. I mean, Rat Trap is the is a rat the size of a cat, <laughs> uh, a, a, like yeah. like a not not a regular cat, like a like like a tiger or something. And like he's really big as far as any rat goes. <laughs> Yeah, because they do they do have that comparison multiple times. He bumps into other little rats. And yeah, I'm like bloody hell! Why is he so massive? <laughs> there's 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 not really any mass shifting in um, Beast Wars. Mm, no, so no. they've just gone out there, scanned a load of local life forms, and just used them as a template. Mm. So yeah, Rat Trap because he's a fairly large robot. 
transformed into a fairly large rat. <laughs> so the scale is kind of a bit different. It's like those those the Beast Wars characters in in alt mode don't really scale, if you know what I mean. Mm. Because if they did, Megatron would be bloody huge. Mm. Compared to well, even Primal, I suppose. Yeah, it'd be able to it'd be able to, it'd be able to step on Primal. <laughs> It, it it would be, it wouldn't be a fair fight. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. I never really thought of it that way. It's kind of to just use it as a template to fit their own bodies, not change their bodies to fit the template. Yeah, I don't think they do. I think they must have. And I suppose that fits with the theme of they had the the great reformatting, where oh, yeah. they became smaller robots in order to conserve energon. Yes, yes. And be more energon efficient. So I imagine mass shifting, and I'm pretty sure mass, this is covered in either the comics or, yeah, probably the comics, probably IDW, that mass shifting is very energon in- intensive. It takes a lot of energy to do. Right. So they probably knocked mass shifting on the head um, in Beast Wars because it was just too, yeah, too energon intensive. Um, so they don't mass shift, and they don't have to care about blending in because the locals are uh, non-intelligent animals, if you know what I mean, and certainly not capable of uh, fighting back against them or doing anything about them being there. Oh gosh, no, no, they were not. <laughs> no, oh, and I suppose yeah, you did have the humans turn up a little bit later, didn't mm-hmm. you? And, uh, which is a bit strange, but you know, it's fine, it's fine. But yeah, the idea of energy on protection was a good one. I like that. I suppose we should talk about city formers if you want to talk about them. Oh yes, um, well, well, they're kind of different the two because they are meant to be dramatically, well, one's bigger than the other. When you say like a uh, Scramble City, Metroplex, and Trypticon versus mm-hmm. Fort Max and Scorpionox or Grand Max or well, actually Grand Max is smaller, isn't it? But um, all of those guys. Mm-hmm. I think it's um, it's one of those things where you just kind of just have to, yeah, believe it. You can't think about it too much. Agreed. I think <laughs> this is the thing, though. I, I, I much preferred the way it was dealt with in the comics because those big city bots, when they were robots, they were they mass shifted down to a much more similar size to, um, mm-hmm. much more similar size to the rest of the robots. So they weren't hulking massive giants. I mean, I think Metroplex was, but he was the only one. Like. Fortress Maximus was not a hundred times taller than Power Master Optimus Prime. He was a similar kind of height. Okay. Same goes for Scorponok. And I think that worked better because when you've got... I think there's a point, and it's probably... It could just be with me, but there's a point where the scale just becomes completely hard to reconcile. Well, I, I would have thought that it would have been... Well, maybe it's because it's, like you said, it's from, from the Power Rangers era. Mm. I think it's... um, I've always found that fine because... At least with head the headmasters, they the heads become smaller bots. So yeah, you, if you keep going down, they those are the representations you have for those group meetings and chats. And then yeah, but, you need to power up and fight. But I do, I, it it gets to a point where it's like, what's the point of the smaller transformers? They may as well just get the big ones out and have them fight. Um, uh, yes, but which is exactly which is exactly <laughs> the problem with with Power Rangers. <laughs> So, yes, it is a lot of people's problems with Power why Rangers. Are the, why are the Rangers <laughs> fighting these baddies when they know they're just going to have to turn into a massive robot to fight a bigger baddie later? Why don't you just turn into a massive robot and step on them now? 
It's because they're the good guys. You don't want to... <laughs> they're just meant to use their powers to defend, not to be aggressive. Wow. <laughs> yeah, well, in that case, why don't the baddies just come in with a massive baddie first and just step on the rangers? Now, that's a better question. Yes. <laughs> I suppose we should talk about the toy side of thing, really. Oh, yeah, Kibble. <laughs> well, yeah, so what did you want to say about Kibble? I mean, in terms of a toy, Kibble can be kind of... You either, you're in, it's more like two camps about Kibble. Either you just accept it because it has to turn into this thing, mm-hmm. or some people think that the, the robot mode should take priority and the Kibble should be as minimal, hidden away as possible, which is kind of... Uh, it's not really practical in most figures. I mean, maybe if you get to the masterpiece where they have a bit more money to engineer it to tuck away somewhere, but most of the time, I feel like it's it's part of the character. Like, yeah. So at Grimlock, his wings on his back is a staple of his kibble. Like, certain kibble just has to be there. I think there's a differentiation between what a lot of fans would call kibble mm-hmm. or unwanted kibble mm-hmm. and also what would be considered acceptable parts of their alt mode in their robot mode that reminds you of what they turn into mm-hmm. so oh and that's that's in that's I don't, in both i don't both think ways hmm? like seeing robot parts under a car like i, I never understood yeah, of course it's going to be there where, where else is it going to be well, I don't I mean, think, it works both ways i don't think many people are that bothered about that generally uh <laughs> Some people. Well, yeah, well, those people have got, a, have got an issue. But, like, <laughs> what I was going to say was, I don't think anyone would describe Prowl's door wings as kibble. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think anyone would describe the fact that Bumblebee's feet are two halves of the front of a VW Beetle as kibble. Mm-hmm. But unwanted kibble or uh, unsightly kibble is when you've got bits of the robot mode, uh, sorry, the, of the alternate mode, hanging off their back or hanging off their arms or hanging off wherever, mm-hmm. where it just looks unsightly, it just looks unpleasant, or, conversely, it's not show accurate. Uh, yes, I mean... One or the other. I mean, it, it can be just that it's ugly. I, I guess, uh, like, Leo Leo Convoy, Masterpiece Leo Convoy. Mm-hmm. I remember people... Lio Convoy. Lio Convoy. Praised and also disliked the fact that his front um, line legs are on his elbows, but that is show accurate. But then people, it isn't. It isn't. It is, well, that's that's the thing. So sometimes he has it on the back of his arm. Sometimes he doesn't. Yeah. But it's so it's one of those things where, well, where I know that you don't agree with certain parts of show accuracy because sometimes it could be the detriment of a figure or it could be the really selling point of that it looks like well it, it, it looks like that panel so you can't complain but well it's what people you can't want. complain if you're simple-minded and think that <laughs> think that just because he looked crap in this show he has to look crap as a toy too well, that, well that's it <laughs> and he didn't always look crap in the show he just looked crap in this one screenshot you found <laughs> that that for me is the issue like Lyo Convoy looks cool in the show, regularly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that toy does look cool, but I think that those those uh, legs on his arms are too big. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at the show, they're smaller. They get more tucked away. 
Yeah, they're more tucked away. They're huge on the on the mm. MP. I would have preferred it, and it's it's just something that Takara don't do. But I would have preferred it if he had if he could remove them and put smaller ones on. Oh, like a like platforming or something. Yeah, I would have been fine with that because it would have made the it would have made the transformer look better. I would agree. I would agree. Yes, it's show accurate in some shots, in some screenshots, in some parts of the show. He did have massive lion paws hanging off his arms, <laughs> but other points he didn't, and everyone knows that that looked better. <laughs> and they're not even consistent with show accuracy because his um, the blades that, c- that come out of those arms, because those arms are so big, they look completely unshow accurate when deployed. They don't look oh, anything right. like they looked in the show. Yeah, yeah, that's also, that's also true. I mean, it's the reason that, it's the reason why they're so big is to accommodate that that gimmick just for that. Well, exactly. So, so in a way, they've they've achieved show accuracy in order to achieve no non-show accuracy. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you if if you want to be really simplistic about it all, you can just say if it's in the show, it has to be on the toy. Mm-hmm. And I just think that sometimes you just need to think, well, does it look good as a toy? No, it doesn't. Maybe we'll change it a bit. But kibble is acceptable in some places and not in others. And I, I do think that some people have unrealistic ex- expectations of certain toys because mm-hmm. they are toys. They are three-dimensional objects and they have to put that stuff somewhere. It's just how they do it and how successfully they do it that sometimes, you know, it's a, it's a sliding scale and something will be acceptable to some people that's unacceptable to others. It's, it's why I was... Um, well, I've got them here. It's why I was so happy about the Transformers red line, uh-huh. because this is what what I've always wanted is stuff that doesn't transform. I'd, <laughs> it's gone to the point where I've got enough stuff that transform. Yeah. Um, some almost too much stuff to transform. I would like the representation of them in just pure robot mode. And if you have to have a mini version of their op mode with them, even better. But if not, just a robot mode, because that is mostly what I personally care about. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, I... I do like transforming Transformers, but I equally like the idea of non-transforming ones. I mean, I have mm-hmm. a few. Um, I used to collect Action Masters when they first came out. So, you know, you the original the original non-transforming Transformers. Mm-hmm. And I've got some uh, Flames Toys kits on the shelf over here. And uh, mm-hmm. I've, I've ordered one of those uh, very expensive Flames Toys action figures, which is oh, yes. only the step down from the... <laughs> triple k stuff that's really expensive really like <laughs> too expensive for me but like i'm all for non-transforming action figures but the toy line is a toy line primarily of transforming action figures like that's that's the whole point of it when it came out in 1984 mm-hmm. that was the gimmick the gimmick was they transform way before there was gimmicks like headmasters target masters the gimmick was this turns into a thing Oh yeah, I, I I get that, but I mean like that, but that doesn't need to go away. I mean, but it does. But it does. It if can you're just... buying Transformers Red. Well, not for me. I mean, I would happily buy both. I, it's not. No, but what I what I mean is that that, <laughs> that that obviously you still have to have transforming Transformers. You can't get rid of them. So when you're talking about kibble, there's an acceptable amount of kibble and there's an unacceptable amount of kibble, and that changes depending on who you are. Yeah. So we both recently got the New Age Galvatron. Oh, yes. I've got three three different versions of him. <laughs> but um, I've transformed every one of them. Mm-hmm. You said you're not going to transform yours. 
Yeah, I have no plans to. I... Isn't isn't that like buying a book and not reading it? <laughs> I'm not sure if it's the same as that, but... Uh... Or just flicking through and looking <laughs> at the pictures? <laughs> it's probably more that. Yeah, I accept that more. Um, it, it, it just I, kind of I, feels... To, it feels to me like you're missing out on an important aspect of what you've just purchased. I guess it's also. I guess it's also because I never was really a big fan of his alt mode. It's not a. I've never craved the best representation of that. But his his robot mode has always been kind of half attempts, and they're not always there. I mean, yeah, but that's. I can I can agree with that. He's not got the greatest alt mode, but aren't you at least curious? Don't you at least do you do you not get a new transformer and want to transform it? Oh yeah, I mean, I just, I just have no desire to transform him. I mean, it's the best mini masterpiece version of Galvatron, whatever version you get. It doesn't really matter. It's that mold is so good mm. in its robot mode, and I, I mean, the metallic paint on it is the chef kiss, and I would be terrified <laughs> to ruin any of the paint on it. You could, yeah, but I mean, you, you, it's. It's only a, it's not a particularly expensive figure and also as long as you're careful as long as you're careful you'll be fine. <laughs> I mean I don't know it's, I I get what you mean it's like sometimes you're just curious and you want to do it at least once and transform it. I have to. It's like it's like OCD. I can't not do it. It's look up there. Look. Where is he? <laughs> there he is. You see? I see him flying. <laughs> I'm putting out to virtual Dave that on my shelf behind me I have a Zeta Unicron transformed into his planet mode. Now, I didn't want to transform him, but I had to transform him. Because I know that he can transform, and I need to see both mo- I need to do it. Right. I don't choose to transform Transformers. I have to, because if I get it, I need to see that other mode. I need to do it at least once, just to, just to see how it works and to know it can do it. And I feel like if I haven't, if I haven't done everything that a figure can do, I'm not getting my money's worth, if you know what I mean. And and that sometimes that can be that can be the undoing of me because maybe I chip the paint or maybe I damage something or or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if you're not going to experience the whole thing, then I don't know, you may as well not you may as well just be buying statues or something. Like Um I guess my 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 reasoning to it is just because it's probably more the volume of the stuff I get. So mm, yeah. I have the I have the um, that itch is scratched by another figure or like you saw you notice I've been doing a lot of pictures with my um Beast Wars Kingdom figures lately. Yeah. A lot a lot of that um I did ages ago. I took those pictures ages ago because I had messed with them in one mode and then I've left them in the other. Yeah. Um because I prefer that mode for them. Versus stuff like the um, stuff like Earthrise, they are all. I've I've not transformed a good few of those. Even that Studio Eighty Six Scourge is still sitting there mm. in his robot mode. I have not transformed it. It's not. I. <laughs> the the rush is not there. Yeah. So, are you buying action figures? Mm-hmm. Are you buying them because you like action figures? Or are you buying them? Because you like the rush of buying an action figure. Mm, both, definitely both. Because if you just, if you're just opening it up, putting it to one side, and then getting the next one and opening that one up, mm-hmm. 
Are you enjoying the action figure? Well, that's well, that's what I that's what normally what I do. I normally would get it, put it on the shelf, and hmm. most of the times I would spend more time with something I just bought previously than the thing I had just got. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's fair enough. That's, that's good then, because like that was the trap I fell into when I was when I had that big collection. It would be I'd get something, I'd open it, I'd take it out of the package, mm. I'd pose it a bit, and I'd put it on the shelf, and then I'd forget about it, and I'd be the, the next thing. I'd be looking at the next thing, and then you know one day I just looked at my shelves and thought, <laughs> I haven't touched that in six months. Like it just and and I haven't transformed it or I haven't posed it outside of Mm -hmm. the posing I did when I first got it. So why am I getting this stuff? Am I just getting this stuff to get this stuff? Am I just becoming a a warehouse for toys? See, this is why I'm I'm saying that the transformation is not such a big deal to me because Mm -hmm. in its base form, the robot mode takes priority for me. And there's only a handful of characters, say like ones with beast, um, beast modes. Um, I might flip back and forth a lot more, but I don't necessarily need to have, you know, five different trucks or five different sports cars. I prefer to have them posed in a robot mode. And that's probably um, got a lot... Sorry, I mean, go on. I was just, was just going to say that's, you know, certain um, things apply, like, you know, your Ecto-1 or the Transformer DeLorean. Um, obviously, they're up most so I think. Key, but... Yeah, so I suppose it's got a lot to do with the fact that you collect a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, why would you transform every Optimus Prime when they all turn into a red truck? Yeah, I've done it already. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, going back to... So, we're talking about kibble and about transforming your toys. Something that I find interesting especially happening a lot more now, both in the mainline and in Masterpiece, is fake body parts. Oh, yes. Where you have Sunstreaker, he turns into a sports car, and when he's in robot mode, the bits of the sports car that are on his chest or on his feet aren't actually the bits of the sports car in in the alternate mode. Before you at Orion Gear about this, he is talking about a hypothetical Sunstreaker, not a particular mould. Sunstreaker might be a bad example, but Orion doesn't own any Sunstreakers, so how would he know? How do you feel about that? Um, well, I guess it depends on where you sit on show accuracy or the way you want things to look, but I, I think it's... majority of the time it's handled pretty well, and it's, it's needed for it to look good. Like, you know, objectively... But most of the time, I think in maybe when you get more to the mainline stuff, it gets a bit ropey about because that because normally the use of a fake body part is to make the robot mode look better, yeah, and have the um the other part disappear somewhere else. But when you get to to mainline, that stuff is just it just gets thrown on the back if if, it, if they do do it, it yeah, just, <laughs> it just um. Hangs off of him. Yeah, I think that that's. I think that's where I start. Uh, where I draw the line. <laughs> I'm all right with some fake body parts. That's fine. And if it if it if it benefits the the robot mode, mm. a good example actually is um, Masterpiece Tigertron in comparison with Masterpiece Cheetor. Yes. Yeah. Masterpiece Cheetor has a a fake chest, mm-hmm. 
Tigertron does not. Now, I'd argue that Cheetor looks better than Tigertron because of this. Because Tigertron has this slightly badly proportioned <laughs> tiger head on his chest. Whereas Cheetor has a more show accurate mm-hmm. Cheetor head on his chest. So I'm all right with that. But I'm less all right with it when it becomes essentially you're turning the figure inside out and all the same details that were on the outside of the alt mode are now on the inside and you've got like new differently proportioned stuff on the outside. A good example of that is MP44 where pretty much most of his truck mode ends up on his back and inside his legs. Mm -hmm. And then you've got most of the stuff that you see on his his body is not the stuff that's actually visible in alt mode. Mm -hmm. Even the windows spin round, you know, turn round so they're facing the other way. And I think that's where it starts getting a bit iffy. And I, and I know that some people are way more particular about this. There are some people just really hate it. They want their... Tro- and I, I understand this point of view. I don't... I mean, I don't subscribe to it, but I understand the point of view of they want a car that transforms into a, a man <laughs> and where there are car bits on the man, those are the car bits from the alt mode, not pretend car bits from the alt mode. They don't want fake a fake half a car on their chest that's not the half a car that they actually have on when they're a car. You know what I mean? I feel, I feel it's, I feel, it's so hard to be so, to have everyone under such a big brush, but I feel like it's kind of the similar type of people who want their figures to transform, but yet will most likely have it in one mode forever. It's just the fact that it can transform yeah. is enough and is the... <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, there's, again, I think that there's there are people who are being hypocritical in that sense. Mm. <laughs> but then there are there are other people who constantly transform their transformers. I mean, there are some people that, I, that constantly transform masterpiece transformers. The really you know the really difficult ones and love it's crazy. it. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, but they love it. They they love they love the um the engineering. They love the transformation process. They like what what a lot of people would call involved transformations mm. and and like they will pick up masterpiece megatron and transform into the in, into the gun on a regular basis whereas i would never dream of it because it's too much of a ball like and it's too scary <laughs> i i think that's uh, i think that's the other side of it is um it's kind of what you think is fun exactly when you get to, to the transformation because i think that was the, the the most amazing thing about it as a, as a child grasping the concept of these two toys in one Mm-hmm. It's how fun and interesting it was to do that whole Rubik's Cube thing and then it's it's the other thing. But now it's almost like you need to set out a, a table, get the instructions out, have a, a YouTuber review on the go, mm-hmm. and slowly, intricately move each well, piece. <laughs> that's Yes, that's exactly it. That's <laughs> the difference. The difference is that the toys have changed focus from being toys that have a tv show Mm -hmm. to being toys that are meant to depict a tv show Mm -hmm. the generation one toys didn't look like the tv show it didn't matter it didn't matter to me (laughs) i mean i noticed but i thought the toys were great you know and then i thought the tv show and the comic book were great and i was happy to have these things in different you know occupy different parts of my mind but now as the fandom has moved more towards a kind of adult collector nostalgia realm, 
mm-hmm. with more and more of more and more kind of um, focus on show accuracy. It's now mm-hmm. about making this one thing turn into this other thing in the most accurate way as possible, and that the result of that is more complicated, more less enjoyable transformations. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I mean, look at this. This is G1 Soundwave, <laughs> right? Done. Done. <laughs> it's 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 fun. It's intuitive. I don't I don't need to look at the instructions. I don't need to follow a YouTube video. Mm-hmm. It's it's over in no time. Any any idiot could pick this up and transform it. And uh, and you you know that's no longer the case. Even even with mainline stuff. Even mainline stuff is getting more and more technical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've I, I mean, I haven't bought any mainline stuff in a while, but I've seen them, mm-hmm. and I've and you know, I've seen a few videos of people transforming them, and it's not simple. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not obvious. Like any of the well, most of the generation one toys, you can pretty much pick them up and transform them without any instructions. And the same goes for you know, Beast Wars and a lot of other stuff. Pretty much up until about the movies. <laughs> Yeah, the movie stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I, I would. I would say it was. Um, it's definitely. I, I think that it probably is the movies. It's, it's, there's been a shift yeah. in how people view a transformation and how you know that whole thing of your bang for your buck is like. Well, I because it does all these things. I I have justified that it's this price or it's this 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 figure. It's higher. Yeah. In my mind's eye, of it being a collectible or something being a cheap kid's toy that can do it in like uh, like a one-step changer or something it's um mm-hmm. the kind of viewpoint people have against it is is changed dramatically which i guess you would because you're in you've become a child you're a child and you're now you're an adult so you would see things differently yeah you wanted to talk about and um, you mentioned this in a in a WhatsApp message. Uh, if anyone who uh, anyone listening, this is how this whole podcast started. Me and Dave having very long um, <laughs> borderline arguments about Transformers on WhatsApp because mm-hmm. I'm a bit of a cantankerous old twat. Um, but anyway, <laughs> you mentioned that you wanted to talk about auto transformation gimmicks and self transformation yes yeah and heads popping out and so on and I, when when you said it i was like what is he on about i don't <laughs> i don't know what he's talking about here i don't i don't see what what, what, what anyway you please f- enlighten me <laughs> um it's a th- it's a thing that we don't you don't really see much anymore to be honest but it's like i remember as a kid a lot of the leader class or whatever Primus was a commander class or... Are we talking about... Um, is that from Galaxy Force? Uh, from Cybertron? Yeah. Uh, Supreme. Supreme class. That's, yeah, that is it. A lot of those price points had a lot of electronics and moving parts uh-huh. and auto-morphing. So I would... That always used to be a thing for me is that whenever you would get something that big or reaching that price, it would automatically always have lights and sounds or a feature where something would move to reveal the head or missiles would pop out and stuff like that. That side of transformation don't really get anymore. Not a lot of 
spring flipping out weapons or auto-morphing. That's all kind of been it's know, been it's been him. sacrificed at the altar of um of show accuracy and articulation hasn't it yeah and i don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing because it's i mean for me it was always a fun aspect of the toy yeah and it was a a playable feature i mean i know some voice chips can be irritating or sound completely weird because they're not by the voice actor or anything like that but at least the lights sometimes i think work pretty well yeah i mean i, I mean i've i've discussed my general dislike of electronics <laughs> but i do agree some of those play features um it's a shame that they're missing like it's a shame hmm. that that you don't have that anymore like spring-loaded missiles i mean regardless of the safety issues involved in those but like just but just generally kind of lots of lots of kind of action features on a on a toy can be really good especially if they're done well mm. the example i tend to go for for this is um well there's a few actually but air attack optimus primal from the rid line oh, although yeah. he was going to be in beast machines he's packed with um play features he has like a disc firing mechanism in his chest he has um a kind of punching, mm-hmm. kind of you can pull his arm back and he punches. He has a flip out, spring loaded flip out mm-hmm. backpack with a jet effect on the back. It has sounds that can set off <laughs> and it, it's like a jet sound and it will change tone depending on whether he's upside down or right way up. So you can fly him around. So he'll go <laughs> depending on how you're moving him. Oh, cool. And then, of course, he has a voice chip, which is actually Gary Chalk. So, saying things like, the seeds of the future lie buried in the past. Oh, really? Yeah, when done well, <laughs> these things can be great. So it is a little bit, it is a shame that those things don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Because that's quintessentially Transformers. You you look at G1, and okay, first few waves, the gimmick, like I said before, the gimmick was, they transform. But after that, you had all kinds of interesting, weird gimmicks that did all kinds of strange things, depending on what the flavour of the of the month was, <laughs> as far as uh, Hasbro were concerned. It's a, it's um it's a, a side of a side of it. Why almost in today's uh, market, I can understand why it probably wouldn't fly with a lot of collectors because it kind of really you know pushes that fact that it's a toy, and that's almost a thing that they don't want to mm-hmm. hear, even though it's that's what it is. Um, they they, they don't yeah. want to hear that part of it. And it kind of they they do kind of do it in like cyberverse and stuff, but it's in price points where it's not really it's not done well, so therefore it kind of ruins the toy to a degree. Yeah, and it, and when it isn't done well, it does ruin the toy. And I yeah. I mean I remember when I was first getting back into collecting as an adult, and lines like Armada, where a lot of the articulation, a lot of the uh, aesthetics of the toys were sacrificed due to some of the more kind of wackier, crazier gimmicks. Mm-hmm. And that's not good either, but it's a balancing act, you know? It is nice to have those things as well, but as long as they're done well. As for kind of auto-transforming, I think transformation is part of the joy of Transformers in the first place. To ha- so to have that taken out of your hands feels a bit kind of like you're you're shortchanging me. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. It was only done in those bigger price points. It was meant to be like this... Like- like Primus is a good example. Like his whole thing of him, yeah, transforming. You need the Omega Lock to even get him to transform, and a lot of those things flip out, and his chest reveals, 
and his head pops out yeah, at the end. But you still had to do a you still had to do a fair bit of your own transforming. Oh yeah, you still had to do like a good ninety percent of the work. But I mean, it's just those. It's not like Armada Prime's trailer. No, oh god, no, 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 that was awful. <laughs> well, actually, I mean, this brings us right up to date because of that. There's that new auto transforming Optimus Prime. What do you think of that? Oh yes, um, too expensive. Well, yes, yeah. it's too expensive, but. <laughs> Say, let's say it wasn't too expensive. He should have come with his trailer. Uh, that, that's what <laughs> should have you should have carried on the Armada thing and had a transforming trailer to go along with it. You're not one of them. <laughs> oh, Prime must always come with a trailer. Oh, seriously, so seriously. Um, I think it's, I think it's something that is really cool in the sense of it's, it's cool in the way that it's beyond the fandom. It's it's cool robotics in our real world type of thing. Yeah. It's it's a type of um it's a type of technology that we don't see in the Western world very often of like cool robots that can do and think do things like that outside of like your basic Robo Sapien toy um mm. in the early two thousands. It's really advanced stuff that is in that figure for it to do what it does and then work with the app and whatever. I, I think it's great. I, I... <laughs> I do think it's fairly cool, but I wouldn't want it. Oh no! <laughs> like because, be, not just because it's too expensive, but because it does everything that I. It's taken most of the joy out of what Transformers is to me. Um, it's not. It's not that for me. It's not that for me. It's just more. I. It's. I'm not that type of uh, collector. The only reason why I would see why you would even really want it is because it's the first one officially, and it's a transforming Transformers history point. Like this is the first thing of that. Like, oh, well, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that they're not going to make a hell of a lot more. Yeah, there's not going to be a line. There's not going to be a line of them. No, no, no. It's just going to be that one, and then maybe I don't know. In another ten years, make another one that's more advanced or something, but. But no, I mean, obviously, it's it's a uh, it's it's pretty amazing, mm-hmm. but also it doesn't feel like something I'd want to own. I, I mean, if if I was to have a a robot in my real life, I would want like a like a real robot that could do all the stuff like uh, Asimo can do, or like really advanced tech, um, robotics. But I mean. Yeah, but I, w- I wouldn't want that at all. Uh, but that's that's what I mean. I would want it to be... If I was <laughs> going to have it, it would have to be able yeah. to do a whole lot more for me to justify it being in my house. I, I won't even have Alexa in my house. <laughs> I'm not having no robot spying on me. Oh, no way. No, that kind of stuff scares... I've seen Terminator. <laughs> I'm not having that in my house. I mean, your house is surrounded um, by robots as it is. I mean... <laughs> Plastic ones with no batteries. <laughs> well, no electro- There's no electronics in these. They're just made out of plastic and metal. Um, no, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, yeah, like I said, that 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 self-transforming robot. I mean, Kevin Smith loves it. Kevin Smith loves it, so it must be good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, it it's a it's a really cool uh, gadget, mm-hmm. and I can see a lot of people who wouldn't normally buy Transformers buying it. Yes. Just because it's an amazing new gadget um, that we haven't seen the like of before. 
I imagine it will sell, even though it's incredibly expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a good, it's a clever move by Hasbro to, because those things have been kind of popping up on the internet for years. Mm-hmm. And they've clearly, Hasbro have gone and spoken to the people that created these things and said, hey, do you want to do this officially? So that's cool. But it doesn't appeal to me as a Transformers collector because part of the appeal of Transformers is transforming them myself anyway. And it's it's also very, very expensive. Is there anything else you want to discuss regarding alt modes and transformation? I did. I did want to talk about the sound. The famous... Oh, the transformation sound. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that stuff. Do you feel, as you know, since you've known Transformers a lot longer than I have, do you feel that the sound is very important to the transformation? Like that iconic is as important in some in some weird way. I mean, I think it's important to the i the the brand and the identity of Transformers. I don't know what do you mean in the context of. Do you mean the context of the fiction or the contents of... What What? What do you mean? Uh, well, I mean, the reason why I wanted to bring it up in the first place is because I remember when the first Transformers live-action movie, like, the trailers started to come out and the yeah. theories of what the film was going to be about, there was a sound in the trailer. The only lead we have is this sound. <laughs> we all thought that was going to be the transformation sound. All right. And it's just like this... Um. I think it actually just turned out to be like blackout uh, sound he makes in that first scene in the in the film, the army base. It wasn't that- warm, was it? No, it was like a because that was in every trailer for about two years around that time. Every trailer had that noise in it. But go on, yes, go it, on. Would ha- it was like a, like, it was like an alien sound. It was like a, and the way they, they All edited right. the trailer, they put it at different points. They transformed. And I, at the time I thought it was great. I thought, yay, something different. Um, mm-hmm. they didn't do that. Um, which I was still kind of equally happy about, <laughs> but, I really liked that concept of it having a different type of way of looking at it in terms of the sounds they make as they transform. Yeah, I mean, I, I like transformation sound. It's kind of iconic, isn't it? And mm-hmm. so I'm quite happy that it exists throughout. It doesn't. It wasn't in all of the media. I mean, I think it kind of dropped off after G1 for a while, but it came, they brought it back because of nostalgia and so on. But but yeah, I think the transformation sound is pretty important to the to the brand, really. And it's you know it's a it's a kind of satisfying noise. It is, and even the mm. whole aspect of it being so subtle of it's the reverse playing back when they transform back again and stuff like that is. Yeah, I think it's one of those little things about transformers that you know people take for granted. And yeah, I prefer it to activation codes. I've got to say, like oh. <laughs> Possibly one of the dumbest things about Beast Wars was that they had to tell themselves to transform. Rat trap, maximize, and they have to say their own name, <laughs> and they're maxim like, like like it's almost like they're speaking down their sleeve to themselves. <laughs> like you know, Orion Gear transform. It's like why can't they do that internally? I much prefer Transformers being able to transform at will than have to use a code word. 
would they not be able to transform if they lost their voice? Uh, mm, that's a good point, I suppose. Uh, or they were gagged or something, uh, you know, whatever. Bumblebee would be screwed. I mean, he hasn't been able to talk. No, exactly. <laughs> what, what, what would happen? What would happen if they couldn't say Black Arachnia terrorize or whatever, you know? So what did you, th- what did you think about Beast Machines where they had to do that whole I am transformed and learn to transform... They had to relearn how to transform and wi- uh, at will, didn't they? Mm. Um, which I, know, I was, I was fine with that. That was good. That was, an, that was a nice plot point, I thought. But I mean, in the terms of like, it's uh, in the show, they don't really transform. They kind of literally fold into a ball of light and fold back out as something else. They're not changing into something. Yeah, but that's fine because it's thematically what was happening they were the whole theme of uh, beast wars through to beast machines is them transitioning from being purely technological life forms to being techno organic and then through to something that's kind of very uh, yeah very much a mishmash of the two mm. well i suppose if that's it we should probably uh, wrap this up uh, i'm going to wrap it up by asking you what are your uh, favourite alt modes? Um, I was thinking about this, and I tried to have a mixture. Um, I'm going to say one of my top three is definitely uh, Cybertron Hotshot. Um, I've always used to like his car mode. I know. <laughs> I know I'm, like, I'm, I'm shaking my head. <laughs> it's. I always used to love that car. Wait, it's it's based on a real car, isn't it? Um, is it pr- the Cybertron one? I'm pretty sure it's based on a real car. Just, just like, just like, I'm absolutely sure that the uh, alt mode for uh, for Soundwave from Cybertron is based on a real plane. <laughs> this is based on a okay. on a real car. Yes, this is true. Cybertron Hotshot's alt mode is based on a heavily modified Chrysler ME412 sports car, whatever that is. Go on, what's yours? Well, no, I mean, have you got any others, or is it just that one? Oh, no, no, um, okay, uh, Fire Convoy, or Ridge Fire Truck Prime. Yeah, yeah, yes, I, I quite like that, but it's an alt mode. I feel that, it's, pro- it's probably one of my favourite Prime alt modes out of most of the ones I have in my collection, mm-hmm. and I think it, visually, as a vehicle, it looks pretty ace, I think it looks pretty cool. Yeah. And I think for a for Decepticons, it's a, it's a little bit harder because I don't feel that their alt modes always work very well. But I think it has to be Soundwave. Pretty much any version of him in his um, cassette mode most of the time works pretty well and follows yep. into his robot mode. That would have been one of my choices. G1, G1 Soundwave, great alt mode. I just love the fact that it's a real, wo- a real world um, item and <laughs> it looks like a little tape deck. Mm-hmm. And you could even pass it off as one. And it's got like, you see, it's got a port to put your headphones in, and it's got little dials mm-hmm. on the side. It looks like a real thing. Even the even the tapes themselves, and they come in their own little cases. And yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's it's wonderful, and I really really love that about it. It's a great it's a great alt mode, and it's definitely one of my favourites. I think really, I mean, even though I suppose it is quite derivative, really, when I think about it. I was going to say Unicron. Wow. Just the concept of a planet-eating planet 
is just so cool. Yeah. And I remember when, when, when I saw the 1986 movie, which probably would have been in 1986 or possibly 1987. I was thinking, whoa, <laughs> this thing is eating a planet. So it's just a really cool kind of really ominous. I mean, like I was saying, it, I suppose I suppose it's heavily influenced by the Death Star from Star mm. Wars and stuff. But it is a really cool alt mode. I like the, and, and and the idea of a transformer that turns into a planet. Is, as a kid, I thought that was amazing. <laughs> but yeah, there's lots of really good alt modes. I would say, as as far as toys go, Vinyl Tech or Alternators, they were amazing because they mm. they were really focused on their alt modes. So they looked unbelievable. You know, they look like scale models of real real cars. And doors and seats and everything, yeah. And everything, yeah. So that they were really cool. The Autobot cars in Robots in Disguise. Yes, yeah. Uh, Alert and, uh, oh, I can't remember, X-Brawn. I don't know what they were oh, all um, called. Side, sideways, no, Sideburn. Yeah, they all had different, I mean, I, I might be using the Japanese names, I'm not sure, but, like, they were really cool. I really like realistic alt modes it's why i'm really excited about the upcoming masterpiece skids and reboot or reboost sorry Mm -hmm. because they look like real cars and i like that (laughs) i love kind of zany crazy spacey alt modes as well but like i just really like the idea of it people not being able to tell if it's a transformer or Mm. not they go oh that's a nice car you've got on the shelf there and you go that transforms into a robot and they're like no way (laughs) I get that, yeah. I completely understand, yeah. It's like a a cool secret that um, mm. only a handful of people know, and if they know, then you're like, he's cool, isn't it? Yeah, he's cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Whereas, you know, some stuff, it's obvious <laughs> that it's a robot. But especially, like I said, in Binotech stuff, you know, if I had one of them sat on the side, you'd just think it was a scale model of a car. Yeah, you you, you wouldn't you wouldn't, um, wouldn't think much more of it. you think, oh, at best, when the most extreme is like, oh, maybe it's remote controlled or something you know the yeah blue and they'd be like i didn't know you were into cars and i'll be like i'm not <laughs> i'm not into cars it transforms into a robot so yeah that that probably some of my favorites i mean there's wacky stuff as well and there's there's some really good stuff in um across all the lines really mm. good alt modes but yeah i think for me the more realistic stuff's good my okay enough of that then um what are your favorite alt modes and what's your favourite reason for them existing? Let us know on social media. You can connect with us on uh, Facebook. There's an Arg My Optics page. Plus, you can find myself under the name of Ryan Gear there, obviously. On Twitter and Instagram, I am at Gear Orion and Orion underscore Gear, respectively. Dave, where can they go to send you death threats? <laughs> Instagram at virtualdave26. Always there. <laughs> Excellent. So, uh, if you've enjoyed our ramblings, great. Maybe you'd like to show your appreciation by liking, subscribing, sharing, reviewing, whatever. Uh, It's entirely up to you, mate. Thank you very much for listening, and please join us again next time on... Add My Optics!